We are as the flute, and the music in us is from thee. We are as the mountain, and the echo in us is from thee. We are as pieces of chess engaged in victory and defeat. Our victory and defeat is from thee, O thou whose qualities are comely. Welcome to episode 32 of Carpon Podcast, you beauty, you absolutely divine beauty. Those opening words were from Jalal ad-Din Muhammad Rumi, a Persian poet from the 13th century who was also a jurist, an Islamic scholar, theologian and Sufi mystic. He's loved by Iranians, Tajiks, Turks, Greeks, Pashtuns, other Central Asian Muslims and has been widely translated into many of the world's languages and indeed he has been described as the most popular poet and the best-selling poet in the United States. He's someone who broke down boundaries and there's something that we can all admire from that. Speaking of breaking down boundaries and barriers, Liverpool busted through Chelsea's defence today. Ooh, what a win. 2-0. And here to dissect it with me, we have Karan Hindocha in India, we have Linus Lovegaard in Sweden, and Marty Sikora in England. I do hope you enjoy. It's an absolute joy for me that you are listening. Thank you. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast. You can send us an email, coponpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can support us on Patreon if you like for as little as $1 a month. Patreon.com forward slash Podcast. My name's Owen. I've probably said that already. Can't remember. I'm slightly delirious after today's game. I can't even say the word delirious. Thank you so much again. Enjoy. Lovely, lovely listener. Okay, Liverpool 2, Chelsea 0. What a freaking match of football. My emotions were all over the place. I feel exhausted. I'm tired. It's like I've gone 12 rounds with Ivan Drago myself. Um, you know, I just recorded something for the Blood Red podcast in which, you know, I was just talking about the strength and the power of that performance by Liverpool. And that's something that I'd be delighted to talk about. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get on to the, 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 the nitty gritty, the details of the, of the performance soon. I want to start with a question for you, Marty. It's about where you think this leaves us, because for me, we, we, we didn't win the Premier League today, but we certainly could have lost it. And we didn't lose it. We're still there, still fighting. And in fact, we've heaped a heck of a lot more pressure onto Manchester City, who've got by far the harder fixtures to come. How are you feeling about it all, Marty? Yeah, no, I agree. We certainly could have lost it today. It's going to be uh, every weekend now until you know until the thirty-eight games are up. Um, I said this: these three round, these three fixtures, the Spurs at home, Southampton away, Chelsea at home. I said before, if we get through those and we get nine points, we'll win the league. Um, and I firmly believe that more than ever now. Um, City won today, and I mean to be honest with you. Um, Crystal Palace were pathetic. Um, I thought they were terrible. Um, but you look at City's fixtures now, you know, they've not looked great in weeks gone by. 
Um, they've been scraping wins because they've got you know a lot of quality in the team, but they've not looked great. I think Liverpool's players are starting to hit form. You look at Henderson's coming to form, Cater's hitting form, the front three are hitting form. And, you know, I just feel now, you look at City's fixes, they've got, you know, obviously Spurs a couple of times again, um, albeit one of the Champions League, one of the league. They've got Burnley away, they've got United away. They, I'm almost certain they will drop points. And I thought today was so important. I think Klopp feels the same. I think everyone else in the stadium, the players, I think they all felt the same. We got through this game today. I think we'll win it. I think we will. Um, I'm feeling confident. I felt good today. I thought we'd win today. Um, and now it's all back on City again. Well, that's a lovely answer. And I love your optimism. I can't I can't bring myself to say we're definitely going to win it because it is in City's hands. And they are an extraordinary team. But gosh, yes, it looks good. Yes, you're right. Um, you know, talk about the the fixtures that City have left uh, just to be clear then I mean we've got we've got Card- uh, Cardiff City next Sunday and then we've got Huddersfield uh, Cardiff's away Huddersfield is at Anfield then we've got Newcastle away and then we've got Wolves at home those are our last four games um City, as you said, I mean, they've got Man United uh, away, Burnley away. They've got Spurs at home. That's their next uh, match. And then uh, they end up with uh, Leicester City and Brighton. They've got five matches. We've only got four. Karen, uh, where do you stand on it? Are we going to do this? I think, yes, we we will. Um, City are bound to drop points. Um, They look lethargic, um, as we've seen in a couple of games um, prior to this game week. And... Um, they have tough fixtures. Burnley, Spurs, Manchester United and Leicester City. They're not going to get away with these fixtures easily. I mean, they'll have to um, work really hard. And even if they get a win or two, um, they're bound to drop points. I'm not sure which game though, but they're bound to drop points. And we are playing to bottom uh, teams and we're playing to mid-table teams. Um, I think all four are winnable. Um, we have to work on game after game and also bear in mind we have the Champions League going on. Um, we're likely to qualify in semi-finals and I think we'll win it. Um, we can't say anything right now. Um, probably the next two fixtures will tell everything because next weekend we play Cardiff and they play Spurs and United. They have a double game week. So probably the next two fixtures will decide, uh, will probably decide um, who's going to win it and what will the top of the table look like. Um, but yeah, I'm very confident. I'm very optimistic that uh, we've got this. Well, I mean, that's a lovely answer. That's a lovely answer. And uh, Linus, do you share this optimism? Well, yeah, well, yeah I, I do. I think I think we, we definitely, even though City have uh, uh, the upper hand, I think we kind of do as well because I, I feel we have the much easier schedule. I think the only game I'm really worried about is the our next league game against Cardiff, uh, a Cardiff team that's put up a very good fight against Chelsea, which is definitely a worse team than us, but uh, uh, it, they still put up a good performance. They should have won that game and they're in the, uh, in the mix of the relegation battle and they will probably have a... a very defensively solid team, if you can call Cardiff defensively solid, but compared to a team like Fulham or Huddersfield, they'll they'll put up a good battle. And if I, I think that's the potential slip-up because Newcastle, I, I don't feel like they'll still be in the relegation battle when we face them. And 
Wolverhampton, even though they definitely put up strong performances against the top six, seeing our performance today and our performance, especially against Wolves away when we play face them, I can't see us not winning that game either. And I've always thought the league is coming, going to be decided on the last game day, but I I can't see uh, Tottenham, uh, Manchester City getting out of the next three or four games without at least one loss or draw. So I, I think the next uh, week or two weeks, like Karen said, it's going to decide the who will win the Premier League. And if uh, if we win the Cardiff game, I, I can't see us losing another game. That's the game I think we might get a draw or slip up a bit in. But yeah, I, I, I really think we'll go, we're going to uh, win every single game and I can't see City doing the same. So the math is simple, we'll win the league. It's very interesting. It's a very, very interesting answer. I mean, Manchester City, um, oof, I mean, yeah, they've got Tottenham to play in the Champions League and then if they win that, they'll, they'll, they'll play Ajax and Juventus, of course. And those Champions League matches, by the way, for us, will come after Huddersfield. Uh, and we play Huddersfield on a Friday night. So that's a nice, you know, extra day to prepare for that Champions League semi probably against Barcelona if we get through because I think the Porto match will be difficult but we'll get we'll come on to talk about that and then so it's so it's after Huddersfield and then before and then Newcastle then becomes a sort of Premier League meat in a Champions League sandwich so I mean that's going to be difficult as well we've got four difficult games left and that's why I don't know also with Manchester City they they won 18 in a row in the Premier League last season, which is which smashed all records, uh, but so far they've 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 won nine in a row, including today's win against a meek Palace. I don't know. Hodgson's an idiot. I just got to say that. But let's go on to the positives. Let's talk about today's match. Um, Marty, I'm going to start with you. We we started to play a ratings table with Copon with a few of our contributors, um, uh, you know, giving their ratings on all of our players, including our substitute. Mo Salah came out as as the man of the match, um, and I want to talk about Mo Salah because the run up to this match, I mean, those those morons, those those idiotic fools in those in that Prague bar having a beer thinking it's what funny to be racist about you know Muslim people and and Mohammed Salah specifically I think those people deserve a lifetime ban and I couldn't be happier with the performance and the reaction of Mohammed Salah who was who was sensational throughout the match and that torpedo thunder thwack that he that he he rocketed into the top corner it had me leaping around yet again what a guy marty what a guy yeah um i mean listen obviously we you don't want to give you know those racists the time of day to be honest with you. you know we're hoping that the the governing bodies will do what they can in the clubs um obviously chelsea and Liverpool put out quite condemning statements you know quite soon after that video surfaced but you know all all we can do as fans and you know and all the players can do is answer on the pitch and it's just it's absolute poetry that you know both Mane and Mo obviously are you know, uh, around to be Muslim, um, and they've both scored the winners today to, to you know, put Chelsea's top four run in jeopardy. I mean, it's absolute poetry. It really, really is. And it's the best way that you stand up to people like that. Um, 
you know they're they're absolute scum, aren't they? Really, you know these racist burgers. I don't want to give them too much time of day. I thought Salah was absolute fire today. Um, this is the first game I've seen probably since the the first couple of this season where a team has actually let their left back go one on one with Mo Salah. Um, yeah, I think Mo said it in you know, kind of the analysis after the game that people, you know, teams are starting to, to double up on Mo, sometimes even triple up on Mo. Um, you know, it's very difficult for him to play his game that way. Um, and I thought today, you know, Chelsea and, and Sari let Emerson go one on one with Mo and he just absolutely destroyed him all game. He turned him inside out. He didn't give him a minute. You know, Emerson looked absolute amateur hour next to him. Um, and I mean, that goal, I, and it's not a typical Mo Salah goal. You know, Mo is very much, you know, he scores, um, you know, he can score from distance, but he's very much, you know, it's more finesse with Mo. You know, he, he sets it out wide and bends it in the top corner. And I mean, that was just an absolute bolt out of the blue. It was a stunner. Um, and, you know, it, you know, it was good if Martin Tyler cheers a Liverpool goal. You know, he, he hates us. Um, so it's absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, I think Mo has really come back into form in weeks gone by. You know, obviously that... Goal for Spurs that you know go against Spurs that wasn't necessarily his, but you know obviously it gave it seemed to give him that lift, and then Southampton, then obviously he's just scored an absolute banger today against Chelsea. Um, you know, he's hitting form when we need him, and you know it's it's just nips any doubt that you know he's not what he was last season. You know I think he's had a tough season because I think teams are trying to double him up, same kind of way they do with with players like Hazard. Um, but he's quality, he's absolutely world class. Um, you know, it was just absolutely brilliant goal, brilliant moment for Mo, and it just seemed to me the place just absolutely erupted. It was a great moment. I'm so happy for Mo, um, and I'm still I've still watched the, the clip about 60 times since it's gone in on Twitter now. So <laughs> I'll be doing that for the rest of the night. <laughs> Good plan. Good plan and beautiful, beautifully well put. Yeah, I mean, he's a hero, isn't he, Karen? He's a hero for so many people. And, uh, you know, especially Liverpool fans. Man United fans probably hate him. And, uh, you know, so do Evertonians. Um, and uh, so does everybody else who thinks they've got a, a rivalry with Liverpool, including Neil Warnock of Cardiff City. Probably he thinks he's got a rivalry with Liverpool. And, you know, it's like teams seem to try harder against us to ruin our fun but Mohamed Salah doesn't let them Karen he's just he's he's so consistent he's playing he's a he's a beautiful player at the top of his form isn't he yeah I think um in in the games where he didn't score goals where he had a drought um it wasn't like uh, his form was completely down he was still creating chances terrorizing the defenses and um, he had really good games, um, if I can recollect. But um, he just didn't score. And that's okay. I mean, it happens. But uh, since then, it's just picked it up. And um, he stood out uh, in moments where he had to. And in particular, this game. I mean, what a brilliant goal. And I'm sure when my, when my father comes home, um, he's going to watch that clip over and over again all night. And I think I'll join him. And uh, tomorrow morning, I think for lunch, we're going to uh, watch the whole game again. Um, but in terms of Salah, I think no no kind of um, offensive racial behavior affects him at all. I think since he's, he's joined the club, he has been um, down to earth and he hasn't been affected by any forms of um, abuse or, you know, all kinds of comments. Um, he's kept his cool and he's uh, delivered on the pitch. And I think we've, we've seen that he's now the top scorer of the league jointly with Sergio Aguero. Um, but yeah, 
um, I think he's a phenomenal player and um, blessed to have him. It's, I mean, I, I mean, I, my heart bursts with love for Mohamed Salah, and I'm just so happy, as you, as we all are. We're all gonna just sit there and watch that again and again and again. Fantastic goal, um, Linus. Feel free to say a couple of words of Mohamed Salah as well, but I want to come to you uh, first on, 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 on my next question, which is about the midfield and the starting lineup. Because um, before the match on the on the Cop on WhatsApp group, we were we were talking about you know what midfield we, we, he would go for, and this is one that several people picked that you know we'd love to see: Fabinho, Henderson, Cater. Um, was it the right choice in your opinion? I mean, how did they all do it? As far as you're concerned, yeah, you're starting like you said with Mo Salah. I, I I think there's not much you can say that hasn't been said. He's just he's just brilliant, isn't he? He's top goal scorer and he's still called the uh, uh, one season wonder, just proving how 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 good he is and how much everyone wants him and that therefore hates him. And onto the midfield, I think I'm the only one who not didn't want this midfield, but didn't think would play this midfield. I thought we'd go for a uh, more compact midfield with Vinaldo Hendo uh, or Hendo Milner uh, or Vinaldo Milner, just Fabinho in the six, and then a combination of those three c- to be able to support our uh, fullbacks a bit more with the with their diagonal long balls to the to Hudson Odoi and Hazard. But I and I think that might have been a better better choice if Hazard wasn't playing in the nine, which he was and like and Klopp said he expected that. So I think that might be why he didn't go for that. And in the context of that, I think this midfield it's 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 just a revelation, isn't it? Henderson might be the best midfielder in the league and uh, playing as a number eight and he he's got one goal and two assists in exhaust in in the uh, games he's played there and I, I, I'm just so surprised because I, I didn't I didn't really I I knew he had it in him because because he used to play a bit further forward, but just having seen him in that defensive role for so long under Klopp, it's just it's just so I'm just so happy because I always liked him as a player, and now we can finally show he's he's definitely a worthy captain and a fantastic player. And also Nabi Keita, I think the first 10-15 minutes his uh, uh, intersection at the left. The wing with money is allowing money to be wherever he wants it. Uh, uh, just especially those first 15 minutes. I I don't know. I thought that he was the best player on the pitch in the beginning of the game, and he is he is looked so good moving moving the ball forward. And he he had a quite a lot of battles with uh, Conte, and Conte just couldn't get a hold of him most of the time. And Fabinho's just Fabinho. I, I'm not sure what I can say about him. He dealt dealt with Hazard a couple of times really well and there is that video going around Twitter uh, where he kind of blows his nose next to Hazard not not even that close to him and rival fans just acting like he's trying to blow his nose on Hazard and I think I think that's just ridiculous I think he's class a class player and a class person and I, I, I just, this midfield just gets me excited it's just so good Lovely answer. Yeah, I mean that was um, that. I mean I like that. You know, a bit of steel, a bit of strength. Azard was play acting. He was overreacting, and Fabino just 
blew his nose next to him. <laughs> Absolutely. I thought it was fantastic because, you know, there's this sort of, you know, psychology. I think over the years, over the last 29 years even, there have been parts of the team that have been a little bit meek at times, you know, in certain seasons. And, and this Klopp team there... They're strong, each one of them. They're lions. They're absolute lions. And I noticed, Linus, you gave uh, in your player race, you, got, you gave Henderson 10 out of 10 for his performance. I give him a 7.5. That's, that's an interesting thing to talk about. Um, but, but uh, you know, I'm going to actually go to you, Karen, on it because Henderson in the eight. Um, was it a ten out of out of ten performance? Was it uh, was it uh, was it uh, you know man of the match or was it seven point five? I gave him seven point five because you know I thought his first half he was a little bit I don't know marked out of the game a little bit. He did some nice things, but he wasn't superb in my opinion. But the second half he was excellent. But uh, where do you stand on it, Karen Hendo in the eight, one of the best in the league? Yeah, I think um, number eight suits him really well. Um, um, it's it's a shame that Klopp didn't use him as number eight um, until now, and he's starting to utilize uh, that skill of him. And uh, we've seen the results in the in the games where he's been utilized as a number eight. Um, in today's game, I think he started a bit slow. It was kind of average. I was going to give him a seven-ish or six point five probably, but um, he just picked on uh, with the game as the minutes passed by. And uh, what a fabulous assist and. Uh, the cop erupted, Anfield erupted, and um, I think he had a brilliant, brilliant game. Um, I I would love to see him play more often with that role. Um, and we've got Fabinho to cover him, and either Genie or Milner or Keita probably to provide a defensive cover. Uh, but yeah, I think I want to see more of Hendo as number eight, and he had a fantastic fantastic game and that's why I gave him an eight well yeah I mean you know he's he's the captain he looks like he loves it anyway he looks you know he he loves being involved in that role um uh how would you rate his performance Marty um I thought he was really good I thought he was really good um I personally thought all three midfielders are really good to be honest with you um I this is probably the first game this season where I've actually struggled to pinpoint one man in the match um Hende was in was pick I thought Salah was brilliant as well, so I struggled to pick a man of the match. I don't think anybody in the team dropped below an eight and a half out of ten. Um, I thought everyone was fantastic. Um, you know, we, we we chatted last time on the pod and said obviously horses for courses. And I think you know at the beginning of the season, obviously we had uh, Naby and Fabinho obviously as new signings. And I think Jurgen Klopp, you know, put Henderson in the six while he nurtured Fabinho into that role. I know he put Cater in, and it turned out to Cater wasn't quite ready. Um, you know, and that kind of sums up Henderson for me. Um, you know, he's not the most technically gifted player in the league. Um, you know, I think you know, technical-wise, he's quite limited. You know, he can play a good pass, uh, he can put his foot in, and he's just a very steady any kind of player. But you know, he will do what is best for the team. Um, you know, he played that six basically all season, knowing it's not his best position. Took so much criticism, not just from you know rival fans, from our own fan base. He got on with it. He played week in, week out, gave his best. And, you know, I've not felt so much pride for a player than I have these past few weeks than than Jordan Henderson. You know, when he scored that goal against Southampton, you know, I literally wanted to reach out and give the bloke a cuddle. You know, he's taking so much stick. And you just saw his celebration in again today, even on an assist. You know, he turns to the cop and he just roars and he's just, you know, 
he's a good player, Henderson, and he's had to sacrifice his own, you know, kind of reputation, if you like, for the sake of the team and playing in a sixth role that is not an easy position. You know, the sixth role is a very specialist position. You know, it takes so much discipline, and in a Jurgen Klopp side, you know, it needs to have someone that's not only good at breaking up the play, that can be box to box, but it's also creative as well. And you know, I think that's asking a lot of Jordan Henderson, who is a more creative, advanced midfielder. So. You know, today he just emphasised again what's that now three games on the trot where he's played you know exceptionally well with um, you know, Southampton um, Porto today um, you know, and he's, he's finding form at the right time and hopefully now Klopp listens to him um, you know keeps him further forward I think Fabinho is the sixth and I don't think there's any reason to change that now um, I, I, I think the days of Henderson, Wijnaldum, Milner um, are done I think Fabinho has to stay in that six and you can rotate the front two Um well, I thought all three were excellent. I thought Cater was absolutely outstanding as well. Fabinho was a monster. Henderson was good. Um, and I think that probably, um, even though it sounds harsh on Wijnaldum, I think that, that midfield three is probably at the moment our best midfield three that we can put out on the pitch, to be honest. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, you, but you can't... I don't think we can underestimate Jurgen Klopp's love for the Hendo, Wijnaldum, Milner midfield. And, you know, if if we're going to the new camp, I mean, he might just whip it out again, you know, just for for a laugh. I don't know. He loves them. He loves them. Um, But, uh, yeah, Fabinho, he was excellent. He was so so visible. He was there all the time throughout the match. And if you compare, you know, his performance to Jorginho's, for example, who was Chelsea's number six, there was only sort of one winner if you put them up against each other. Fabinho was excellent. You know, he he won some some great tackles. We, we, uh, you know, mentioned him clearing his nose. Um, very tactically, um, it was it was it was superb stuff. Um, but uh, um, other defensive players going into the defence, uh, Joel Matip was chosen over Lovren. Um, Karen, uh, I thought Matip struggled at times in the first half, but he got better and better as the as the whole game progressed. I mean, there was one superb tackle I, I remember, and, and that led to Aspilicueta being booked because he had to bring down Manny uh, in the first half. And uh, Matip, I thought he he grew into the match. I thought he was, you know, from about thirty minutes on, he was he was superb again. He's found his rhythm. And um, uh, I don't know. Would you, would you, what what would you say about Joel Matip? Is he now our number two uh, defender? The, you know, the first choice after Virgil. Um, I think um, he had a pretty good game. He started slowly, and as the game progressed, he um, picked it up and he played much better. Um, several really good tackles. The one on Hazard um, at the edge of the penalty area. Um, he picked out really good passes. Uh, his distribution um, to the first goal was spot on. Um, but yeah, I think if Joe Gomez is completely fit, I think he would be the ideal cover. Um, because even though him and Lovren are injury prone, I think um, he is a fantastic player. He's really composed. Um, and he loves to burst into midfield and pick up passes. Um, I think his pass distribution is really good compared to Lovren because um, I haven't really seen Lovren passing much uh, forward. Um, I've only seen him uh, passing a bit backwards oftenly. 
but uh, Matip really picks out players um, that can create chances. Um, and I think um, we should definitely keep him and probably sell Lovren and buy a decent centre-back and nurture him to be um, as a backup pair with Matip. Um, but I don't really see um, him departing so soon. Um, I think we should really utilise his uh, utilise him. And Klopp will be, I think, really proud if he keeps himself injury-free and um, um, keeps on performing like he's done in the, in the absence of Joe Gomez. Um, but I wouldn't really rush Joe Gomez back into the first team yet. Um, I want to give him time to get him back to his feet, and only then I would rest Matip. Um, but and also in the games uh, that we have in the remaining of the season, um, I wouldn't drop Matip Lovren. I don't know why, but I just want to keep him partnering with Van Dijk because every player around Van Dijk seems to be improving. Um, and I think Van Dijk and Matip are a really good pair after Van Dijk and Gomez. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, there is a call, you know, to bring Joe Gomez back when he is fit. I think he probably is better than Matip, isn't he? And and there are certain times in the first half when Chelsea were breaking uh, because we were defending very high up. And I think we missed, <clears throat> excuse me, I think we missed Joe Gomez's pace on the cover. Um, where do you stand on it, Linus? I mean, who's, you know, if... Joe Gomez or Matip, you know, is that the order? Joe Gomez, Matip, Lovren now? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think Matip has been fantastic these couple of games, but I, I think he's, both him and uh, Lovren are a bit rash. I think they push up uh, a bit too much, leaving space behind them and... We saw both against Porto when Lovren did it, it caused problem with Marega behind and uh, the same at, uh, the same today in the beginning of the day with Matip. And I thought Matip was fantastic today. I had originally given him a 9 in my uh, rating. I, I think coming down from the hype of the game, I changed it to an 8 because I think he he made some very important tackles and he's just... I, I really like how he brings the ball forward from midfield uh, from the defense into the midfield and I I think that's the kind of center back uh, we need next to Van Dijk and I think uh, Joe Gomez is even better than Matip at that and he's he's faster and also isn't as rash I feel and there was a video from the game he played today Joe Gomez with the under 23s when he basically runs the entire length of the pitch with the ball and creates a chance and I, I think he, he's just he's he's so fast and the part we saw the partnership he had with Van Dijk before he got injured we had we were on, on course to concede the least goals a team has ever conceded in the Premier League and I think we might have that amazing defensive record if it wasn't for the injury on uh, Gomez because we had seven goals I think conceded before he, he got injured so I definitely think Joe Gomez is our number one, and his injury record is a bit of a worry. And Matt, but I think he's he's just so much better than Matip. I think he's he's got to play. Maybe not so much this season because I, I I don't want to break up that partnership that Van Dijk and Matip has got. But I think he's definitely our our best defender after Van Dijk and Lovren's Lovren, and he's 
probably fourth choice by now. Uh, yeah, okay, so we're all pretty much agreed. I mean, would you would you agree with that too, Marty? Yeah, I mean, listen, Matty Matt is, um, you know, at best, he's a backup centre-back. Um, so he's absolutely done himself no harm these past few weeks. He's um, he's filled in for Gomez absolutely brilliantly, and, you know, he's going to make mistakes. But I sometimes think when you play a, a get, alongside someone as, as good as Virgil van Dijk, you know, you... <laughs> You know, you kind of it emphasizes your mistakes that you make. You know, he probably hasn't made, um, you know, more mistakes than any other centre back in the league. But you know, as I say, when you're playing against someone who's, you know, as flawless as Van Dijk, it, it, you know, you can you can have the opportunity to look great, but you can also have the opportunity to look not so great. Um, but listen, you know, when Gomez is fit, um, yeah, there's all this talk in world football about Matthias de Ligt from Ajax, you know, young defender coming through Barca, etc. On him, if Gomez Gomez has been unfortunate with injuries, I wouldn't class him as injury prone because he's. Um, you know, if you look at the the injuries he's had, he's had an ACL. Um, you know, he's obviously had a broken leg, and he had to have you know an operation on on his heel. Um, so he's he, it's not a case like Lovren where you get these little niggly injuries and you're just constantly out. He's been very very unlucky. And if Joe Gomez can can stay fit, I, I honestly think we could be looking at one of the best centre backs in the world in a couple of years to come. He's got absolutely everything: his pace, power. The reading of the game is passing. Is just you know is stepping forward to break the lines, and he's learning off Virgil Van Dijk. So you know I think once Joe Gomez is fit, you get him straight back into that side. Um, but you know Matip, I'd keep Matip another year. I'd have him you know because we're going to need all our players. You know, we've had a look how much we've had to utilise our squad. Um, you know there's even times we've had to pull Lalana out of the cupboard. Um, you know so I would definitely keep Matip. I'd sell Lovren. Um, I, I think Dejan Lovren he's injury prone. Um, I I don't particularly think he's very good. He has good games, but you know he's so rash. Um, you know his passing's not great, and you know when he, he played against Porto and granted he's been out for a bit, but that was probably one of the you know most rugged we've looked at the back. Um, and I just think I, I would I would sell Lover and keep, keep Matip, get another one in, and then Gomez and Van Dijk would be my first choice every day of the week. I think they they complement each other so well, and it's just pace, power. They're just so good. Yeah, interesting. You mentioned the Porto game because I don't know about you guys, but I've I've watched that back, that first leg, that two nil uh, win. Um, they're getting quite familiar two nils, aren't they? It's, it's very good. But I, I thought we were very lucky actually because I thought Musa Moregas could have scored about four goals. And I'm not saying that he's you know he you know he's a bad player for missing them because I thought he was he caused us so many problems. I think he's an excellent excellent player. Um, and you know they've I saw their match. Um, uh, they played Portimonense, who were tenth in the Portuguese league at seven p.m. on Saturday night, and they won three nil. Uh, they scored once in the first half and twice uh, in the last sort of twenty minutes. Um, Pepe will be back for them. Hector Herrera will be back for them. These are two very very good players, and let's talk about that a little bit. Porto. Um, you know, from the first match, I thought Marega was excellent for them. As I said. Bobby Firmino, as he was today, was absolutely superb. Um, so was Salah. Mane was dangerous, of course. Um, Henderson was fantastic. It's going to be a great game, I think, but not as easy as some will have you think. Uh, what do you, what do you? I mean, what do you think is going to happen against Porto, Karen? Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, Morega could have scored a couple of goals. Um, Lovren was uh, lacking pace to um, um, to hold him, and I think 
the reason Lovren was chosen for that game, I think, because Matip is under danger of getting suspended if he picks the yellow card or two. I'm not sure. But I think that was the reason why he was rested. Um, but uh, later I heard that he had a little bit of back issue or something. Um, but yeah, I think in 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 the reverse leg, I would have Matip and Van Dijk again um, and give Lovren a couple of minutes uh, towards the end of the game. Um, I don't really see a reason why uh, he would drop Matip and uh, pick Lovren. Um, and I think it should be a really good game. Uh, Matip would uh, definitely do well um, to hold the uh, to hold the attack. And as you've mentioned, a couple of players will be back um, in the match day squad for them, and uh, they're really good. So it should be an interesting tie. Um, also, a two 0 lead is not really a healthy lead uh, when it comes to Champions League, but I think it's uh, it's enough to um, cause panic at the other end. And I think we'll we'll see out this game again with a 2-0 or 3-0 and uh, qualify for the next round. Well, hopefully, yes. I mean, you know, um, I, w- I would just, you know, guard against overconfidence uh, because, you know, if, if, for example, we get an early goal, we might think, you know, that's the tie over because then they need what? They need uh, one, two, three. They need four goals if we get one. So that should be enough. It should be enough. But um, I don't know. You just never know in the Champions League quarterfinal. And Hector Herrera, as I say, is an excellent player. Pep, Pepe will be back for them. And um, oof, I don't know. It's tough, isn't it? Another question is how often can the front three uh, play? I mean, we've got we've got uh, you know maximum of. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches if we get to the Champions, all the way to the Champions League final left. Um, uh, to go back to you, Marty, can we do it? Like, can, can, can the front three, can we play them in every match? They've got to start to be tired at some point, don't they? Uh, you, you would think so. We haven't rotated the front three nowhere near as much as I thought we would. Um, yeah, I think that for me must be a priority in the summer. I think we need um, you know, some attackers to you know bear the burden a little bit because we're not getting enough goals from midfield either. So um, you know it does need to be looked at. But at the end of the day, I think now we're at that stage of the season where we've got what four games to go in the league. We've got um, you know one more in the Champions League. Plus, if we get through, we've got two more against Barca. And if we get through that, we've got one more in Champions League. So I think we're at the um, you know we're at that point now where you know, we're going to be carried through on adrenaline and momentum now. So I think we're kind of point, past the point of them getting tired. Um, I do think, you know, you look at last season's Champions League, and I think they all looked a bit, you know, a bit shot. So, I mean, hopefully it doesn't take its toll. But, um, you know, I do agree. I, I'd be tempted to, you know, look at maybe Porto away, um, try and nick an early goal, uh, and then perhaps get, you know, Shakiri on, uh, maybe Origi, you know, try and rest those front three for the games coming in. But, you know, I, I think... There's almost sort of a an air of you know with the Champions League. You know, it's good to be in it, but you know it kind of feels like it is taking that that back seat. You know, it's all about the league, and I think that could play in our hands. You know, when you go in and you're kind of going in a bit blasé within reason, you know, you kind of end up taking that pressure off and playing well. You know, I thought we were quite poor against Porto to be honest at home. Um, I thought we got the two goals and we just kind of rode our luck a little bit. And then that Morega was getting a lot of talk up before the game. Uh, he looked quite. He looked pretty poor, to be honest with you. I don't really know what the hype is about him. He looked really. Um, you know, he's not very ice cool in front of goal. So, you know, I don't know with that. But I would. Um, 
you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't be too heartbroken if we did go to the Champions League. I'm just so invested in the league this year. Um, I'd like to see uh, a bit of rotation going into the second leg. I, I think, um, you know, like you mentioned, the front three could do with a, a rest. I think Firmino runs himself into the ground week in, week out. So to have someone to come in for him would be nice. Um, I think Mo had a nice week break not long ago, so I think he's OK. Mane, again, you know, I would like to see him get, you know, maybe half, you know, half a, a game rest. So we'll have to see what happens, how the game plays out. I know, I know we certainly won't do at the Champions League. If we end up going 2-0 down, then, you know, we're going to have to keep all the guys on and work hard again. But I just think the league is a priority. We need to keep fit, keep the main players fit for the Premier League. Um, and the Champions League, for me, personally, is just a bonus. So uh, if we go through during the week, which I fully expect us to, excellent. If we end up going out, shame but you know I, I wouldn't be massively disappointed to be honest well yeah it's interesting I mean I I, I totally agree with you I'm, I'm sure you know most Liverpool fans do that you know if 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 uh, we had a choice you know we would all pick the Premier League to win but I just I just wonder if the players think like that um you know that I mean they're hopefully they're confident enough to think that they can they can win both. My question to you, Linus, is can they? I mean, you know, these players. I mean, they, these brilliant Liverpool players. You know, where do you where do you stand on that question about you know do, can the front three last for the rest of the season? I mean, there was a moment when Mo Salah sprinted uh, on about eighty two minutes today something like that he had this big sprint that ended up being well defended by by Chelsea but I was like no don't break your hamstring don't break your hamstring because honestly I think we're one twang away from our dreams being a bit crushed uh, where do you stand it on, on it Linus yeah I, I'm agreeing with Marta here a bit I think the league is obviously the priority so I would probably rest either yeah, I would probably rest the Firmino this game, play Mane up front and get Origi on the left-hand side and maybe in the second half uh, bring Shaqiri on for Mane because, like, like Mane said, uh, Salah's got a week's rest just very recently so he's uh, he could definitely just continue playing and, uh, yeah, rest resting our front three for the league where the, which is the most important competition I think should be should be okay because I, I think we could uh, uh, go we could just rely on a defense against Porto. I don't think we need to score any goals because I don't think we'll concede that many. But even though or if we play Origi, I still I still think we could uh, score a lot of we could score goals. We saw against Watford, he's a very good player and he's been very good when he's coming on when he's uh, come on and I think. I think uh, that would be a very good option just to give one of the front three, especially Firmino, a rest because he, he just runs himself ragged every game and he, he doesn't seem to get tired, but he, his body can't t- take too much of that, I'm pretty sure. So we, are, we, we also have to think we have Huddersfield coming up too and I don't want to sound too confident, but Huddersfield at home, we could probably put out a very weakened side and still win that game so I think that could be a place to rest players as well but this game definitely I'd, prob- I'd probably want to see Origi start in the front three and rest Firmino. Yeah uh, it's very interesting you you, you mentioned uh, Huddersfield the, the Huddersfield game um, we are nine goals behind Karen, we're, we're, we're nine goals behind Manchester City in goal difference and, and now 
I'm sort of daydreaming, fantasising that we can claw some of that back against Huddersfield. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would say that's more of a time maybe to rotate than Porto, but. <gasps> God, it's difficult, isn't it? The the good thing is we've got so many players, you know, like Cater, for example, is relatively fresh. Um, you know, he hasn't played all that much compared to the other team, so he should be fine for the rest of the season. Um, but uh, yeah, Manchester City, you think they look lethargic? I'm not. I'm not sure, Karen. Um, you know, Man City, they what they look a bit tired to you? Um, yeah, I think the title race has has an equal effective, you know, equal effect on the health, uh, on the mental health. And um, I'm pretty sure with the games I've seen, um, the past few games I've seen, um, they don't have the, the creative spark that they used to at the beginning of the season. Um, I think they're, they're starting to realize that all we need is to just win the game, um, no matter how good we are um, offensively. Um, but I think the next two games where they face three games where they face Tottenham uh, United and Tottenham again, I think they will feel that they have to they have to be at the very best. They might try it, but um, I, I think I can predict that they're going to drop points in these games. And also I feel that it's been uh, a long season for both the teams. And in the long run, I think with the fixtures remaining, I think they will drop points. They will um, lose games, a couple of games, I think. And um, I think they will be... They will have an average game, but they might just um, get the result that they want. Um, and in some of the games, um, they will lose. Uh, so I think, um, I really think that they have been a bit slow um, and they will continue to do the same until the end of the season. OK, I mean, you know, I, I, I would love to believe that they would, they would lose a couple. Um, and they, they, they've got to be like a little bit concerned. Yeah, like you say, to go to it's uh, Tottenham twice and then uh, United and then Burnley. Um, and then if they got one more before the end of the month. Uh, no, then they go into go into um, May and they've got Leicester and Brighton in May and probably uh, sorry, not probably and possibly for them a European semi-final. Of course, they lost their their uh, match against Spurs but um, God it's, it's in the wider context of things it's looking really 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 tight um, if they drop points Marty where, where do you think they will drop points in presumably against Spurs or United right yeah that's why I tweeted earlier I think Spurs and United are the two games that we, we need to pin our hopes on I mean I actually had you know, hoping Palace today. I think, you know, Crystal Palace is one of those games uh, you go away to them and they give you a game with me. They beat them at the Etihad, you know. They've got, they're one of those really odd teams that have really good players that are a level above Palace. I mean, you look at Zaha, um, I think you look at players like Milivojevic, you know, even Andros Townsend, um, Bashwai, who didn't even play today, which is just, I, I don't get, but um, you know, I had hopes on them. You know, City. You know, I agree with Karen. I, I, I think you know, City have looked quite lackluster the past few weeks, but they've been getting over the line because they've got you know people like Aguero been bailing them out, and obviously De Bruyne's back, um, and Sterling's obviously in, in really good form. But they haven't looked that kind of juggernaut that they did last season, where you know you just couldn't get near them, and they were passing teams off the park. And 
But the really frustrating thing is watching from you know from a distance is that the, the teams like Palace they don't even have a go. I mean, I don't know how many of you guys actually watched the game today between Palace and City, but Palace were they were pathetic. You know, it was absolutely pathetic. They just sat back, invited pressure, and then the inevitable happened. And then all of a sudden they go two 0 down. Palace decide to have a go and they score. I mean, they get caught on the counter at the end, which is you know it's understandable because they were committing men forward. But all of a sudden you have a go at City. And you can get at them. You know, they're, they're not this invincible you know, juggernaut that the teams think they are. Very good side. But, you know, you can get at City. But for me, I think next weekend, Saturday morning, Spurs at home, I, I think Spurs can get something. Um, if they get through that game with three points, I must admit, uh, it will be squeaky bum time because I think United away, you know, it's a derby. Anything can happen and form goes out the window. But United, are, they're just... They're just not very good, you know. They got a draw out of us. They never should have done, you know. We weren't on song. I think, you know, that day one criticism I had of Klopp was I think obviously he played Milner at right back when he should have played Trent. Um, there was a few things that day that just weren't quite going our way. So they got a draw, and you know, like I said, you know, Ollie might get him up for it. They may get Fergie into that team talk. I don't know, you know. That'll be the one and only time I'll be behind Man United to get something. Um, but they're the two standouts. I think, you know, Burnley, I know uh, it's the same kind of mentality as Palace. You know, it's a difficult place to go to. But, you know, I think Burnley are safe now. You know, Dice, I hate Sean Dice. He'll just put 11 men behind the ball. And if they get, if they get a draw out of it, great. If they lose, they won't really give, you know, they won't really give a mix. So I'm not too hopeful on Burnley. So it's all on Spurs and Man United. Um, I feel they will drop points. I think it'll be Spurs. Are hopeful, um, but if they do get through Spurs United, then you know I I, I think it's theirs. Uh, yeah, you are. F- we are forgetting <coughs> one man. Leicester City. I mean, their new manager, the R Dog, Brendo. He's got previous with City. He, I think, he would love to beat them, and I think they have one of the best. Uh, young midfielders in the Premier League, well, certainly one of the best young players in 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 the Premier League in in, in Telemans, and also they have Madison and the fantastic Wilfred Ndidi, who's won more tackles than any other midfielder in the Premier League. I read the other day, although don't quote me on it. I'm not sure the exa- I haven't checked the source myself, but you know I think Leicester will also be difficult for them. Um, to go back to today, though, to, to, to today's match, I don't think we can uh, finish this conversation without talking about our fullbacks, uh, because I thought Trent Alexander-Arnold was, I mean, if there is any kind of catharsis to this as the media were playing it up, I didn't really, I, I think, it was a load of bollocks about, you know, if you excuse my language, about the, uh, you know, the game five years ago. Steven Gerrard didn't lose us 30 points. Uh, we finished that season on 84 points, you know, 30 points off the maximum, which is 114. And I thought that was all overplayed. But it was a bit cathartic today. But if there was one player who, you know, was determined today to 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 give a great account of not just for himself but for the for the people of Liverpool uh, uh, as a city and for the for the fans across the world, it was Trent Alexander Arnold, Linus. Um, talk to me about Trent. Yeah, he, he's a special kid, that guy. He's, I'm calling him a kid when he's 
I think four years older than me. But anyway, uh, he's just ridiculous. I, I, he's so so good. I think today was probably his best performance in an, in a Liverpool shirt. He had that uh, hectic of assist versus Watford, but the stature of this game, the history of the Liverpool game, uh, the Chelsea game, Chelsea game at Anfield. His performance was just ridiculous. I think defensively astute. He had some problems with uh, Hazard at times, but that's that's if you don't have problem with Hazard, you're probably a robot because he's one of the best players in the Premier League and one of the best dribblers in the world. So that's not weird. And Hazard didn't score. He had two good chances, and I think that was more to do with uh, Matip and uh, Van Dijk. I'm sorry to say, but yeah, I think that was more to do with our centre-backs. And yeah, I think our, especially Trent, he was just arguably one of the match if uh, Hendo or Salah didn't play. But his distribution with the ball, his defending was on point, I felt. And he's just he's just special. And he's, he's only 20 years old as well, I think. And he's just going to get better and better and has and could possibly be one of the best best fullbacks we've ever had and maybe one of the best fullbacks in the world definitely and Robertson I thought I I I was uh, quite happy with this game and I think he didn't really do that much special I think he created that chance for uh, Salah in the first half where he kind of uh, misses the volley a bit and I think he he was just solid i don't think he didn't play as good as he has in some games but he didn't play bad i think he he just put in a normal andy robo performance and I've, I've given him a seven out of ten because i i had him at an eight because i thought he was he was quite good a normal andy robo performance is about an eight but then he he slipped and gave me ptsd so i lowered his uh uh rating to seven just because of that because that that gave me nightmares <laughs> You're <laughs> you're uh, you're a hard you're a harsh taskmaster, Linus. I mean that's a uh, that's absolutely uh, yeah it's a bit harsh to lower him. But yeah no, I mean you're welcome to your opinion. Of course, I I would give Andy Robbo an eight, again an eight, um, or even an eight point five because I thought he was I thought he was great again. I mean he kept them quiet. He was dangerous. He put in a good ball for Bobby Firmino as well in the first half. But unfortunately, Firmino couldn't control it himself, and he could have left it, and it would have been a great chance for Salah, who was who was. Uh, who was right behind it. But I thought Robbo was, you know, again, marauding. Um, Karen, uh, you know, what do you, what do you think about our fullback's performance today? Um, I think um, Robertson had a normal Andy Robertson performance. Um, he was pretty good down the lane. Um, he could have... I really expected him to create a couple of uh, goal-scoring chances. I mean, um, like he's always uh, done season. Um, yeah, he's he was very solid defensively. He, I think, he uh, Hudson Odoi had trouble getting past him. Um, and yeah, I think he had a pretty pretty massive game. He was really solid. Um, yeah, the slip really caused uh, problems. Uh, but yeah, it's different compared to what it was five years ago. I mean, that slip totally opened up the defense, and it was a one-on-one situation, but this time we had defensive cover, so um, it wasn't really problematic for me. Um, I just said, oh, God, and nothing really happened. 
Um, but when it comes to Trent, I think he he had a pretty good game until Chelsea changed the shape. Um, when Higuain came in, um, Hazard is really dangerous on the left, and um, he's only 20. He has a lot to learn, and um, he did really well. But uh, he can do much better. Um, but overall, I think I gave them equal ratings because um, I think they were really, really dangerous uh, down the flanks. Um, and he could have got a couple of assists as well, uh, but Chelsea defended those situations really well. Um, so yeah, I think a seven and a half is a really good rating for, for such an intensity of the game and for such a performance. Yeah, okay, yeah, excellent answer. I mean, I loved, I. Uh... I don't know some of the touches. I think I think we take them for granted a little bit. You know the touches that Trent and Robbo do. They both, you know, uh, have an absolute mastery of the ball and of passing that uh, I I can't remember seeing. Uh, perhaps Fabio Aurelio uh, was uh, a left back who, who who had a similar control of the pass and range but 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 watching both of them flying up and down i think they're the key to our entire uh tactical plan marty our fullbacks um so you know ha- have a, have a word about them but then also i want to talk about you know our my sort of final question as well but you can lead into our final question which is you know to be a bit more specific what percentage do you think we have now of getting the Holy Grail, the Premier League title, after 29 long, adventurous, mad years? Uh, on the fullbacks, quite simply, they're, they're the best set of fullbacks in the league. And I, I would argue that against cities. Chelsea's, I mean, United starting in the conversation, nor Arsenal, to be honest. But I, I, I challenge anyone to to put up an argument of why they're not the best in the league. You know, they're so good at bombing forward and, and delivering balls. And you know, Andy Robertson and Van Dijk have formed a very nice partnership down on the left. Um, you know, they're getting on really well. And the one criticism I had of Trent um, was that his defending was 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 not quite up there with his attacking. But uh, you look at him today. You know, Hazard started getting in the mood. Trent, you know, Trent didn't let him have a sniff. Um, you know, there was one point where Hazard stood him up in the box, and I thought, oh god, here we go. Um, and Trent won the duel, and that's not easy. You know, Hazard will beat the best fullbacks in the world. Um, and all right, he didn't have his best game today, Hazard, but still, you know, he can turn it on in a moment. So I think Trent's defending is getting better and better. And you know, Robertson is is absolutely fantastic. Um, but Alexander Arnold, I mean. That kid, he's special. He's absolutely special. And, you know, his delivery, all right, he hit some of them into the cop. But, you know, when he gets that ball on point, you know, there's no better player possibly in the world from the fullback position that can put balls in like him. And, you know, he's so young. And you just absolutely drool over the thought of what that kid's going to be in five years' time. He will be absolutely unbelievable. Um, You know, and they're so important to the way we play so so important and you know they've been key for us these past few weeks to to beat in Spurs Southampton um today again they were key you know and they just they're just absolutely wonderful to watch they really really are um and your final point percentage wise oh good question um you know I think you're gonna have I'm gonna have to say you know I'm feeling confident um 
you know, I, like I said, you know, these three fixtures that have just gone by for me, I thought if we won it, we won the league. But we also have to respect the fact that, you know, at this moment in time, you know, it is in Manchester City's hands. Um, you know, to take over into account, you'd have to say 50-50. Um, you know, it's the case that who blinks first? Um, they're both neck and neck. There's points to be won and points to be dropped. So I'd say 50-50. But I certainly think, you know, you would favour Liverpool. You know, if City drop points, I can't see Liverpool dropping anymore. So I'm going to say 50-50 and give, you know, City the respect that they do deserve because they are in the driver's seat. Um, they are a very good side and they're more than capable of winning the rest of their fixtures. But Liverpool's remaining four on paper, um, you know, you'd be expecting not only to win, but to win, you know, convincingly against these four teams. So I'm going to say 50-50, um, but, you know, I do feel confident. I do feel confident we'll do it. So maybe 51-49. No, I like that. I like that answer. It's really good. Um, I'm feeling very similar myself. Yeah, I would give us... I would give us a 50-50 chance only at this stage because I don't know we've we, we've messed things up in you know many many types of ways in the past and you know we could still uh you know finish second but you know either way you have to you have to put this season into context it's been unbelievable what a ride and Karen what percentage would you put uh, on us winning the league, are you? Are you? Do you agree with with uh, myself and Marty? Would you say? Would you say fifty fifty? Um, I don't know if I if I can say it is fifty fifty. I mean, it's logical that we are the only two teams in the title race, and it can go any side any way. Um, but yeah, fifty fifty sounds uh, sounds realistic. Um, but I'd say um, I'll give a ninety ten to Liverpool. Um, if we're gonna win this. Um, I, ha- I just have this feeling that we're going to win it um, this season. This season, and I think a 90-10 is a, a really good uh, percentage. Um, I might sound overconfident, but um, I can assure you that I'm only speaking um, in confident uh, terms. Um, yeah, I'll give a 90% chance of Liverpool winning the league. That's a beautiful answer. Yeah, wow. Wow, I love that. Uh, Linus, there you go. Do you share Karen's confidence? I'd love to share that confidence. And I'm usually quite confident and positive on this show, but I'm I'm more on the road of you and Marty, Owen. I think it's it's definitely 50-50. Anything could happen. And we we try to predict what's going to happen. And in the end, it's football. It, we could end up losing every single game. City can end up losing every single game. And we just don't know what's going to happen. So I, I'm, I always say it's basically 50-50 unless it's like Paris. They have less games played and 20 points ahead. That's not a 50-50, but this is definitely 50-50. Anything could happen. And I've got to say we have, we've had luck on our side this season. And I think that's going to continue. And I think we're going to catch that break because City are going to lose games. I think they might drop points both to Tottenham and to if they do drop points to Tottenham, they'll they'll lose their heads uh, big time because I don't think they're playing very well. Like Karen said, they they've looked pretty lethargic in recent weeks, and even though Palace were a complete joke today, they still struck struggle a bit. Uh, City before they got their their third goal when Palace actually tried, they push City back a lot and I, I, I just can't see them winning every single game so I, I'd say it's 50-50 but I also say we'll win the league so make of that what you will <laughs> Brilliant 
Great stuff. So yes, uh, Man City they have they have Tottenham in the Champions League to look forward to, and then Tottenham in the league at the Etihad. That's their next match. Tottenham, just so you know, they've played thirty three. They're on sixty seven points. Chelsea have played thirty four. They're on sixty six points. Uh, Man City have to go away to fifth place Manchester United. They're on 64 points. So that's two points away from the top four places. But they have, you know, one game in hand over Chelsea. So they're going to be fighting for their lives. The pressure's on Manchester City. And I just want to say thank you so much to you three guys. We've had Karen in India, Marty in England and Linus in Sweden. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I want to say thank you so much for being on this episode. It's been a joy to talk to you as ever. And uh, yeah, I'm j- I don't know. We're, we're all going to sleep wonderfully well tonight, aren't we? Definitely indeed. That was Linus, that was Karen, and that was Marty. Thank you so much to them. Uh, for 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 talking about uh, Liverpool to Chelsea nil and where we are, we're right at the top of the league. We're two points clear. You know that. Unbelievable times. What a season. What a team. This is unbelievable stuff. And will we get there? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thrilled and enjoying every minute of it. I'll see you the other side of the Porto match, so I do hope Liverpool win and we get through that one. And uh, we'll be back very soon with more from Cop On Podcast. Thank you.